We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And on today's show, I am joined as always by my co-host. It is Sean Siegel, but we're also joined by Blair Andrews, um, our co-manager of the FFPC baseball team. Listeners off the show will know that we've talked about it quite a bit over the last few weeks and given you updates on how that team has progressed. Well. I'm delighted to say that we are true to the final 12 spots in that league. As we enter week 17, there was 4,608 teams that kicked this off and uh, 12 remain. And luckily, at this point, we are one of the 12 teams remaining. And uh, first place, as a reminder, in this tournament will take home $100,000. So it should be a pretty exciting week this coming week. So we thought we would get the band together um, and uh, have a little talk through some of the process maybe of the draft i did post the entire live draft i believe it's two hours or just short of two hours up on the podcast main feed for road of his radio if you want to head back and listen to that after you finish up here but we're going to talk a little bit about it blair's going to join us for two shows this week and we're going to look a little bit ahead and we're going to have a, a fourth well the plan is to have four shows this week at the time of recording hoping to have mike leone um off established the run join us he is also in the the final and uh, we do have Connor Driscoll as well, writer for the site in the final. So Rotova is well represented uh, between us three and uh, and Connor in there as well. I think it should be a fun week. Hopefully we can we can take it take it home. But guys, I'd, I'll let Blair go first. He's the he's the guest here. I guess Sean on the show. Um, excited for how things turned out in week sixteen. Oh yeah, extremely excited. It was a a pretty fun sweat there at the end where we needed uh, a couple guys to either you know, have duds or maybe stay out on the COVID reserve list. But uh, 
they came through for us or failed to, as the case may be. And uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, I um, I did watch back, knowing the result and knowing how things played out on Sunday Night Football. I did rewatch the uh, the the Road of His report with yourself and Hassan. You didn't seem overly positive uh, about our opportunities when we were uh, for the listeners. We were waiting to see how CD Lamb would go. We needed less than sixteen points from Lamb, and it was looking pretty ominous at one point. But the the Cowboys obviously winning that quite easily. That led to Lamb and and a lot of the starters getting rested earlier than and they, than they normally would. But we we did scrape it through. But after that, we realized then that we had a little bit of a. We done a lot of Sean and myself done a lot of research on the the COVID rules in the NFL as to how players could get activated or would they get activated. But uh, Adam Troutman for the Saints was not activated, which kind of sealed our spot then in the final. But Sean, um, you know, we we do a lot of shows, we talk about a lot of teams, but um, you know, this is this is the hope when we're in August. But now there is a reality of a, a twelve team final for for some big money. It is, and. I mean, it's been an absolute blast to follow this team all year. It's made the last month extremely exciting. Uh, sometimes that excitement <laughs> can get to be almost a little bit much, as you as you outlined there. It's kind of funny the way that the day went. You mentioned yesterday kind of researching the COVID rules. That was more or less just to know what was going to happen. I mean, we hate to have uh, leagues decided by players not being able to play and you know, it would have been an exciting game if Trotman had been available there. I mean, he has hit the number he would have needed once this season. And anytime a player has done it once, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a great environment last night. Obviously, Ian Book was not leading the Saints up and down the field. That would have been a tough play, but you never know. I mean, I was even going back and looking. They, they weren't going in any direction. They were just going back ways. They were. They were. There were. <laughs> I, I mean, I was even checking yesterday. We didn't talk about it much. and there probably wasn't a huge reason to talk about it, but T Higgins scored 40 plus points yesterday or on Sunday. And if Devonte Parker had done that last night, then that would have also been enough. I checked back in 90 career games, his high, I believe was 34.9. So he hadn't ever hit it. It didn't mean that he couldn't. It turned out last night. I'm not sure if he even caught a pass. Uh, it was the Jalen Waddle show when Waddle, when Waddle is out there, you know, he, uh, Tua only has eyes for him. So uh, another great game from Waddle. Kind of the funny way some of these things will go. As a lot of listeners know, I record all of the shows. I kind of watch through them as they're going, try and watch, you know, four or five at each wave, you know, watch about a quarter, switch to a different game, watch about a quarter, keep going through. I can go pretty fast. I'd only, you know, get an hour, hour and a half behind game time sometimes, but then sometimes I take a little break in the middle of the day just to kind of wash a little bit of that out and, make sure you know you don't go crazy and, and kind of lose track of what's happening there's plenty of research showing your brain can only handle so much of, of one thing and create all those memories and you know that's something we want to do for understanding the games for writing about the games uh and, and then just for enjoyment and so i mean, this is going to sound silly but i was actually rooting for cd lamb during the sunday night game because i don't i also don't go in and check all of the the results and i Column did this amazing spreadsheet for us where he's got the players who have played, the players who haven't played, the players who are out with COVID. He's got little notes for us on like what we need to happen in all the different games. And I had memorized that as well as I could, but I wasn't necessarily thinking that C.D. Lamb was one of the key players of the night and of the week. And Ben and I had this main event where C.D. Lamb had scored a bunch of points that would have really helped us. And so even there at the end, when he drops that pass, when he's in at garbage time with all of the scrubs, 
you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, if that's the, the one that costs us the whole thing, then, but no, it turns out it could have been the one where he might've caught it and then run for a touchdown. And so thankfully everything turned out all right. By the time I looked, you know, we had it sewn up. So I was just feeling very good about it the whole way. Yeah. Maybe Sean's on to something. Maybe it is. That's the relaxing way to do it. I, I know how Sean feels. There's, there's oftentimes when the games start here where, you know, I, I, I have to pause it to, could be the, you know, I give my daughter a shower or something to that effect but uh the games then when you're behind and you're always like oh, i don't don't want to know the score so sometimes that can be good um but we've talked about it a few times recently sean where usually if you're in enough leagues you're rooting for somebody in one league but you're going against them uh, in another league and i was actually looking at some dynasty leagues for this coming weekend in week 17 that i'm through to the final and i'm actually facing in one league a team that is <laughs> pretty much an identical makeup uh, of players that i'm rooting for in one league and going to be rooting against in the other league so i just needed to find that perfect margin where it where it all works out but back to the main action in hand um heading back i think we drafted this league i'm just going to see here if i can pull up the the actual draft date which i can't at the moment but i believe we were a week or two out from the season at the point of drafting but part of this team and something that again about like finding that perfect balance of how things are going to play out for you across leagues is jonathan taylor heading into this past week and heading into two weeks ago specifically in the week 14 bye for jonathan taylor me and sean talked about this quite a bit after that week where a lot of his teams had actually qualified because they hadn't had the bye week they had gained the advantage of the extra week a lot of those teams were then wiped out and then this week again we've seen something similar where uh, jonathan taylor puts up um, 10 points in ppr formats has a, a solid rushing day but uh, no no passing work and no touchdown so that led to a lot of his teams not progressing this week but when we were drafting obviously there was a lot of news around that time with Carson Wentz, with the offensive line, how things were going to play out. And look, the offensive line has played out pretty well. The quarterback play hasn't really played out all that great, um, but Jonathan Taylor has been fantastic all season. So in terms of where we base this team off, um, if we had known what we know now, getting Jonathan Taylor with the 12th pick in the draft would have seemed like an absolute steal. Where we started this with a Taylor Adams turn, and kind of like Colin was saying, we drafted about a week before Aaron Rodgers said that he was going to come back and play with the Green Bay Packers. So we were drafting without that knowledge. We go Taylor Adams. The pick right before us was Tyreek Hill, obviously someone we would have been interested in. The pick right after us, George Kittle, someone we would have had a little bit of interest in. A couple of the backs who then went, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson. So this is kind of during the time period before Akers goes out. Interesting to see, you know, where he slides in then right before Gibson and Harris. Kind of looking through this, uh, I mean, these were the perfect picks at this juncture, I think. Right now, if we were to redraft 2021, Jonathan Taylor would go first. Devontae Adams would probably go in the top five. Is, is there Are there any other players that, you know, even – kind of trying to think through and maybe say tell yourself that you don't know what happened that you would have been looking at here and just to, to butt in before blair does go i did just check because uh, you know some of these players when we're talking about them might seem like they're in different adps uh, the draft was actually the 18th of july so it was a lot earlier than i had anticipated so about eight weeks out from the season yeah so it's funny i think that around this time in the off season i probably was um toying with the idea of having Calvin Ridley as a first round value. 
um, and would have been really tempted to take him uh, with one of these first two picks in the, you know, at the one-two turn. Uh, the other guy, maybe DeAndre Hopkins, um, although I think I had Ridley ahead of him. But yeah, Ridley is the one guy that I'm seeing that I I feel like I would have been tempted at this point. I mean, obviously, you know, taking Adams instead of that worked out um, worked out well. But uh, yeah, I think even at uh, even back then, I think we felt pretty good about these picks. I mean, getting Taylor at the end of the round, um, kind of knowing he had that week fourteen buy, I think. You know, that's part of what probably kept him that low throughout the entire preseason. So you take some risks with these guys, not knowing Roger's status. But, um, yeah, I think we felt good about it. Yeah, what actually makes it as we go through the draft, this is a team that we have uh, Adams stacked with Aaron Rodgers. So I haven't listened back. I mentioned earlier I've posted the draft. I do plan to listen back to it this week just to see some of our thoughts as we went through it but we did actually stack Adams up with Rogers two players uh, in the seventh round and obviously at that time maybe maybe the concerns weren't as real as they were you know three weeks before the season that he may not turn up so having uh, Adams and Rogers in there is interesting and this week it looked like you know we were getting off to a fantastic start with Rogers and Adams on Christmas day and how things look and then the second half of that game obviously they kind of quietened down but it was actually our our next pick in the eighth round, Sean, that uh, did some major damage this week, and, and Joe Burrow, um, being able to put up probably the best game in terms of fantasy points of his career. In between those picks, before we got to Rogers and Burrow in the seventh and eighth round, we did go with DJ Moore. We went Mark Andrews. We went Javante Williams, and we went Noah Fant in those spots. Sean, a bit like the question you asked Blair a moment ago. Looking in hindsight now, um, is there any of those that you you may have uh, flipped the script on? Well, obviously DJ Moore has not done what we had hoped, and yet the peripherals are so crazy that he's going to be more expensive next year because in some ways he's been so good that he's been able to overcome this team that really is perhaps – I mean, if you had a choice this week of playing in the Panthers offense or playing in the Jets offense, you would take the Jets offense without – you know, any doubt. I mean, if Elijah Moore comes back and plays, then, you know, we're in a situation where he feels like a much better play than DJ Moore. And, and obviously DJ Moore is a better wide receiver at this point. And one of the very best wide receivers in the entire NFL. So it's frustrating that he doesn't have the upside he otherwise would. You know, you go in and you look and people have been tweeting out all season on different places about how, you know, his peripherals his target share all those kinds of things fit in with the very top guys and yet you know he's the one player in that group who's not really making a lot of noise I mean the the person that we would have wanted was CD Lamb who at that point was still getting close to that range he went at the 309 you look at the next guys off the board and I mean Chris Godwin was the other one that I really wanted and you know at this point with him getting injured at the very end you know that would have been less favorable for us for this part of the tournament he did have a better season and really all of the thesis that we had for him came through. I mean, he was an absolute target monster there for the Buccaneers. Uh, he went in the middle of the fourth round, the real impact player, obviously Cooper cup has won all the leagues. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the second show, but only in thank goodness for us, <laughs> two of the teams in the final 12. 
he went a full round later. He's not somebody we were necessarily on. The other people I think we were most interested in would have been, you know, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, guys who almost came back to us at the next spot. And T. Higgins a little bit disappointing this season until the week 16 game, but that game almost big enough to kind of account for everything else that happened. Of course, he had to have gotten to that point, and he wasn't as helpful in the first two-thirds of the season as we might have liked. NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TechPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TechPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TechPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season and attend a game. Whether it's a home game for your favorite team or it's on the road, TickPick has you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash RotoViz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets. That is TickPick.com slash RotoViz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's kind of interesting there, Blair. You had mentioned that Jonathan Taylor, he lasts to the 112 because of the buy. One of the things that I mentioned in an article recently is I think that this element where there were tournaments of different types where that buy was going to really come into play, I think a lot of the people drafting early knew that. And it does come into, it does factor into how you want to play it. 
And we do know that the vast majority of Taylor teams did get knocked out during the bye week. So it was a legitimate concern. People made it through and then they didn't. Uh, but it almost seems like his ADP was artificially low because of that. And then when the bad news kind of came out over the last you know, two to three weeks of the offseason that made his situation look even worse, he was hammered a second time and then he dropped some more. And then people were kind of anchoring to this ADP that was already a discount because of this week 14 buy. Do you think that, that he ended up being double discounted in a way that shouldn't have happened? Because we kind of tend to think of players and player values as relative to ADP. And these ADPs do get set by the high volume drafters kind of throughout the first two thirds of the season. That doesn't mean that people don't change. We do have players, especially in, you know, rounds three through 10, where you get some massive differences if teammates get hurt or, you know, their backups get hurt or, you know, what happened, what have you. So it's not like ADP doesn't change, but this one is one where it seems like ADP was always kind of wrong. And then it got even worse because it was the discount that turned out to be based on stuff that didn't matter at all already came from a spot where he was too cheap uh yeah i think that's right and i mean you know he lasted to 112 here but in some main event drafts closer to the start of the season it was possible to get him you know in the early second like 204 205 so he was even getting cheaper um you know already at a price that was lower than it should have been and then falling even further beyond that i think the other thing is probably that there was some uncertainty with how how much of a role Naheem Hines would have. Um, and, you know, we were obviously in on Taylor, but we still probably liked Hines as well to be a, a pass-catching force in that offense. And he really has has kind of turned into just a pure handcuff almost. Yeah, that's fair. It's interesting looking back to it too, Sean. You talked there about, you know, us taking DJ Moore and uh, then some of the options that went after that, including Chris Godwin. In that early fourth round, Godwin is probably the the option there. He went along with Mike Evans, Robert Woods, and Amari Cooper. Uh, Chris Carson went after our Mark Andrews pick. So when we look at it, we probably like would have been going all the way down to Jamar Chase almost around later at that point. So I don't really see situations where we would have... Um, made a different selection really based on what was available at that point the other key player that could come up for us in this week's final would be Javante Williams who we did take in the fifth round and we did jump aboard the Broncos uh, kind of bandwagon at that point and we also took Noah Fan. I don't know Sean thinking back to this I don't know if this was around the point that you thought that Rodgers would be with the Denver Broncos and if you were trying to stack them with rogers then later <laughs> in the draft rather than adams or were we trying to cover both bases here i'm not entirely sure but the players who did go around that pick for javante williams was mike davis chase claypool dallas goddard cream hunt miles gaskin trey sermon chase edmonds kenny galdi and james robinson all going in the, the kind of sixth round range after them looking through those names they're there's not many others. It feels like, and again, I am going to go back and listen to that draft, but it feels like they were probably our, our two clear options at that point. It's interesting, right? Because I don't think that Javante Williams was necessarily the play structurally. He hasn't exactly turned out to be a great value, although he was had a huge game in the first week of 
these playoffs and allowed us to overcome having Jonathan Taylor. And we put up a massive score when Jonathan Taylor was on the bye. So that worked out very, very nicely. We do know that he actually got more expensive as the draft season went along. So in some ways we anticipated and were very much arguing for him as a guy where if you were going to go running back there, it really needed to be him. And I mean, he was even on the first, you know, zero RB candidates list as the number one guy, which basically means the most expensive guy. Now, by the time the final drafts were going, he had risen out of any range where you might uh, consider it to be zero RB. I still on the list, I put out guys who are going to be fifth rounders because you know, some people are going to want to go for wide receiver and then take a running back and maybe move back to some wide receivers. Obviously, you can do it in different ways. He was a guy that we really liked. You know, doesn't make sense there. Blair, how much of this do you think? And then going back with Fant, Fant also hasn't really panned out, but we did want to have the two shots at the star uh, tight ends in part so we could stay with just two tight ends, which again, I mean, Fant really hasn't scored enough points to make that work that well. But Mark Andrews has been such a monster that obviously few of those points have been needed. Now, Fant does still go into the flex sometimes because the tight end scoring is so favorable for them. I'm kind of thinking that we went this route because we didn't like the wide receivers who are available next. Colin had mentioned Claypool, Galladay, Beckham, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd. Now, those are the next stretch of guys off the board. And we were really targeting the round seven wide receivers, which Tyler Boyd, Debo, uh, Jerry, Judy, LaVisca, Juju, DJ Chark, all of those guys go before our next pick, which is one of the reasons why we then come back in the QB window and go Rogers Burrow, which has panned out nicely, especially <laughs> in week 16 there with Burrow. So our gamble to pass on wide receiver and get the guys that we wanted at the 7-8 turn, that didn't pan out. It left us much shorter at wide receiver. One of the things that's kind of interesting about this team making it through is it is one of our sort of wide receiver uh, shallow drafts and and it has worked out and one of the reasons why player selection does matter right I mean, people will sometimes say okay well you talk about structural drafting so much but player selection matters it does matter and we do have guys that we are specifically targeting because their profile at the price is much better than guys who are going the same place where what do you feel about how we handled this with the wide receivers the qbs that we got obviously it's worked out what would you have done differently if anything uh, it's interesting to try to reconstruct our thought process here. I I feel like we probably are seeing like Higgins go off the board, Ayuk go off the board, and are starting to tilt a little bit and saying, okay, what are our <laughs> options? We better we better just take Javante Williams. Um, you know, uh, Todd asked on Twitter, who's also one of the final twelve. He asked on Twitter why we took seven running backs after also taking Jonathan Taylor, that seems like too many running backs. And it may be that in the back of our minds, we're thinking we really need to have that week 14 buy covered. So from that perspective, Javante Williams kind of worked out perfectly as if we had planned it. So um, yeah, it's hard to look back and say that I would have necessarily done anything differently because like you said, I'm not thrilled with the wide receiver options that, were left uh, that were left to us. So, yeah, we would have loved to get Chenault or Juju, but yeah, it feels it feels like in in hindsight, like looking at the draft board and how it has played out, and with the entries and all all things considered, really the only pick that you probably flip is 
Cooper Cup for DJ Moore, which was not in the conversation, like taking him one round earlier. Cooper Cup now, obviously it's not worked out for me. He was somebody that I wasn't heavily targeting, which I wish I had been. But that seems to be the the pick that probably you could change. But again, going back and, and being in those shoes, it wasn't something we considered. So I'm I'm not overly, you know, disappointed by it. Um, where we did, I, I do think that the pick of Javante and also the pick of the extra running backs was going to be down to the fact that we had Jonathan Taylor and knowing that he was going to be on that buy. Um, and then when we looked down through it, some of the options that were left and were available when we got to the 16th round was where we took our final running back who came through big for us this week and the week prior. It is Rashad Penny, uh, came through big for the last two weeks to help us advance. Um, I think that like, you know, at that particular point in the draft, the players that were remaining that were available and the running backs, like for example, taken after him, uh, Malcolm Brown, Marlon Mack, Samaji P. Ryan and Justin Jackson. So at that point of the draft, I think he is like, I guess he's always going to be one of our targets when we get to the late round of the, the drafts. So I think based on pick off taylor and knowing that by week i think that we we needed that extra running back and based on how we have actually gone at the running back position with geo being on the injured reserve and with things really we're not getting much from uh tuba hubbard at the moment um and then david johnson missing uh, some of the games as well i think that we really i don't think we would have advanced without that additional running back and with how the last two weeks have played out we definitely wouldn't have got through without Rashad Penny. So unless we changed one of the other running back selections, um, I think we would we would be eliminated at this point. <laughs> Looking at the at the draft board, kind of thinking that like if we didn't want to take seven running backs, then who would we have who would we have switched? Who would we have dropped from this roster and and uh, gone with a wide receiver instead of? But there's not uh, there's not an obvious a choice for like a wide receiver that we would prefer over one of these running backs that we that we took who's going later so uh i think the way it could have flipped is if we passed on rogers or burrow and had one quarterback we may have been able to take another wide receiver at that point and then we may have taken a quarterback where we've taken one of the running backs in terms of if we changed our draft structure but i think the way it played out it would be hard to switch yeah we would have probably taken will fuller so (laughs) (laughs) well this is one of the areas where it just really helps to understand structural drafting right and it helps to understand how you move through a draft because the fact that we had mark andrews and noah fant meant that we could go with just the two tight ends right so you're not burning tight end picks later the fact that we took aaron Rodgers and joe burrow where we did and within the qb window which is something that I think a lot of drafters in best ball still don't necessarily understand. You can see that really well in the tools that Mike Beers developed for us. And Mike Beers uh, just running away with the MFL 10 of death this year. I mean, his, <laughs> his all knowledge and expertise just really jumps out all of the time, right? So you have the tools show you this when you draft a QBs in the window, that really helps. But also having those two QBs there meant that we only needed two quarterbacks and that ends up saving roster spots for us. That gives us the opportunity to draft extra running backs. The other thing that you see there is that, and this is one of the things that Peter Overset talks about all the time, but as you get into those areas of the draft, the running backs are always the best picks, right? And so what do you want to do with these lower value picks? Well, you want to take the guys who are the most valuable. 
And so, you know, Blair kind of mentioned it there. You look through the stretch of wide receivers selected during the time period where we took those last five running backs, David Johnson, uh, Devin Singletary, Gio Bernard, who obviously didn't play much and got hurt, Chuba, and Rashad Penny. And you see that there is only one wide receiver who had value, right? And that was Cole Beasley, who we weren't going to pick for fairly obvious reasons. And then you do have Amon Ross St. Brown, who didn't help you get in. But if you did have him there on your roster, and then you got in. Then he's been uh, you know, a monster for you during the fantasy playoffs here. So if we had taken wide receivers, we would have weakened this team. Whereas, as you guys mentioned, I mean, one of the things that people always go back to, they're like, well, Rashad Penny was the fifth of those guys that you drafted. It's like, yeah, he was. But he was also on zero RB list. He was one of Curtis Patrick's favorite players for the season. It's one of the reasons why Curtis is in the final 160 on the underdog. And you have you have to hit your guys through there. You don't know that Bernard isn't going to necessarily play because the Buccaneers somewhat ludicrously decide to make Leonard Fournette the guy. You don't know that he's going to get hurt during this time period where he would have otherwise come in and been a huge force, right? You don't know that Devin Singletary is going to be the guy who wins the job and frankly looks fantastic during the fantasy playoffs. And so you want to take the most valuable players all the way through there. And then you have this very balanced, nice roster where one of the things that's kind of embarrassing is that we have the, you know, the zero RB, the modified zero RB, the wide receiver heavy draft approach and yet in this past week, we had two running backs in the flex. But part of the reason that we did that is because those late round running backs have so much value, right? And that's one of the things that we saw with Connor's team, where Connor blew out our league, finished number one among all 12 teams that made it to the final 12 in terms of week 16 scoring. You know, scored well over 200 points, and he did it with Dalvin Cook out on the COVID list, right? Because his team was so perfect, such a work of art, that when Cook goes out, it morphs into this zero RB juggernaut where he gets huge points from uh, Sonny Michelle and Singletary. And then he's got this wide receiver group where he has Tyler Boyd and Marquise Brown on the bench, right? And just, you know, absolutely torches the league. And so that's what you want to have. You want to have the flexibility to win in a variety of ways. And kind of like Blair, you were saying, one of the reasons that we approached it this entire way is that you've got to get through week 14 which we did scoring 190 points yeah and uh, when you mentioned there just the the team that connor has anyone that wants to see that sean did mention earlier in the show he did do a little bit of a review of that and it is truly a spectacular team it has to be one of the the favorites as we head into the final here and um, that is in sean's monday recap piece so check that out after we did draft those two tight ends and the two quarterbacks from round nine onwards there was 20 tight ends drafted and 17 quarterbacks so again when you go back to the construction of getting the guys you want and then not having to go and get that third guy because when you look at some of the the guys taken from round 10 11 onwards you know there, there's not there is some gems in there but there's an awful lot of players in there who have really not um impacted the season either way so good recap there looking back to see what we would have changed it doesn't sound like we wouldn't have changed a, a huge amount so hopefully that works in our favor this coming week as we are into that final we will be doing a show where we look ahead to that with blair coming up it'll drop on your road of his overtime twitter your overtime ireland podcast feed 
over the next couple of days. We've all have Mike Leone on for a show as well. So we're hoping to have four shows coming your way this week. You can also listen to the live draft if you want to go back and see if our thoughts of why we drafted players on today's show matches why we did those selections in the live moment that is up on the road of his radio main podcast feed that's going to do it for today's episode of the show as always you can sign up and get your discount to a road of his nfl pass using the code rb radio 2021 just checking in as we do this live sean are we still at 15 percent off for that discount code we're gonna have the the christmas sale and the extra bonus for rv radio through the new year here so if you're meeting with a second set of in-laws over the second half of christmas i know that growing up that's what i always did and uh, one of the best parts you get to see mom's side one week dad's side the next week sometimes you get to see uh, more than that because we have such a great diversity and extended families in 2021 then more presence and more people that maybe you didn't know you were going to actually run into and you need to get them a road of a subscription. So this is a great time to do it. Yeah. And tell them all the guys that are, you're listening to their podcast are all in these big finals. Tell them to, to listen in. The, we'll get them there next year as well, but that is going to wrap up today's show. Once again, that code is RV radio 2021. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over Tim Ireland. Uh, Blair Andrews is our guest on this edition. You can follow him on one of my favorite Twitter handles, which is at Am I the Real Blair. And of course, you can follow Sean on rotoviz.com to get all his latest work. Um, still waiting. Maybe the year 2022 is where he, he comes back onto the, the Twitter landscape, but we'll see. But we'll be back with another show in the next couple of days, hopefully Wednesday. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.